Who's your favorite riff master? We're talking about the best riffs of all time in heavy metal history. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light Podcast with me, Big Frog. And me, Mike Castleberry. And this week we are talking about riffs. Interesting that we'd go straight from the Rhodes episode into the Iomi episode. <laughs> no shit, huh? Well, I figured it was a, it'd make a good companion to our solos one, because yeah. we went solos, and we went Rhodes, right. which was more solos. You got to do that by yourself. Yeah. Uh, I wish I listened to it before I posted it. I would have mentioned that uh, you cry at some point in oh, it. Oh yeah, no, I don't cry. Uh, you get you got very emotional <laughs> yeah. mo- when talking about I, Randy passing away. Yeah, so. I get. Yeah, I do. And uh, but I'm just like not like a like a crier. I get like right to that point, and then I just like shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, but yeah, man, uh, for sure, for sure. I don't know why. It's weird. It's huh. weird. It's it's um one of those things. Music gets me. Movies get me. Mm-hmm. Like way more than real life does. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, for sure. But um yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And then uh got some feedback from it's actually a chick. Oh okay. Who actually knew them and told me I was wrong about a couple of things. Okay. So I went back and fixed a couple of things, but. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's pretty cool that she only found like two things. So yeah, so yeah. that was cool. Considering you weren't there, and she apparently was. Yeah, and she so. was, and yeah, and she's got pictures. You know, oh, that's yeah, cool. she's got like pictures of a uh, of Violet Fox jamming. Oh no shit! Yeah, it's a trip. I don't even. Are there even any recordings of no. them? Or yeah, it's no. just one of those things that are lost. Yeah, lost in time. Yeah, lost in time. Yeah. There are some things that are like that, like. Uh, there's another Badlands band that only cut a demo. I think oh, it was really? uh, Sykes was in it or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. they kind of put together a demo, but nothing ever happened with it. I don't think there's any. Yeah. That's true of a of lot it. of John Sykes projects. Yeah. That just never. He was supposed to be in Winery Dogs. Yeah. And just, eh, nah. <laughs> some dudes, that's just like how their career goes, yeah, I guess. Man. You know, yeah. I mean, he got to do some cool shit even oh, yeah. for that. He I mean, some great shit. How many people can claim that they were in, you know, White Snake and mm-hmm. Tigress of Pantang and Thin Lizzy? Yeah. And, and he's paid in full because he wrote a lot of those White Snake songs. Yeah. So he's got like, he's got more money banked than a lot of dudes that are out there playing every night. Yeah, no shit. Well, yep. fucking a, he he wrote. Not only did he write a lot of them White Snake songs, he wrote a good majority of their best-selling album, mm-hmm. and then got fired immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think he was that torn up about it in nope. the end. I think he got paid, and it's still that's still one of the greatest what the fucks in rock history to me. That mm-hmm. you know, David Coverdale would just fire his entire band after they finish what turns out to be their their biggest hit album right and uh, yeah well he had uh voice problems and he didn't feel like they caught his back mm. like in that you know what i mean like they were like 
oh, well, fuck this guy, you know, or whatever. And that's how he felt about it. Yeah. I don't know what the facts are, but <laughs> yeah. So, I don't have any John Sykes riffs on mine. He wrote some decent riffs, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say anything that outstanding. I guess I could say, uh, well, he's one of them dudes that, because like that, you know, the first, uh, that, I think it was the first Tigers of Pantang album, but Spellbound mm-hmm. has some sick riffs on it. Yeah. Um, I feel like his his lane was more of the solos. Yeah, for sure. So he we probably could have snuck, got some of his solos in there. Probably, yeah, uh, for sure. The other sure. week. But, you know, it is what it is. Right. Um, so there's, like, you know, everyone who's considered to be, like, the riff masters. Yeah. Right? Iomi, obviously. Yeah. Blackmore, you know, he wrote... Some of those ones that, you know, between Iron Man and Smoke on the Water, if the, if one of those wasn't the first thing you learned, then I don't know who <coughs> you learned from, because those are the usually the first two riffs that you would learn. Oh, for sure. They're the uh, the blueprint. Um, yeah. And they're very similar riffs, by the way. Yeah. Only you know like who, one note apart. Yeah. You know, um, who doesn't get enough love for the riffs, I think, is actually Eddie Van Halen. That's true. I didn't put him on my list, but <laughs> because he's even said that he's more proud of his rhythm work than his soloing. Because right. to him, he said, you know, soloing is whatever. It's it's pissing up a rope, you know, mm-hmm. like rhythm is what's holding the, you know, the songs together. And since they were a power trio, he had to play all the rhythm and the leads. So right. All, you know, all the riffs are his. And right. And he kind of gets. I agree with that. Because his riffs were cool, and they were quirky, you know. Um, I wouldn't say, like, he's a very strong live rhythm player. Yeah. Because I think it's just the attitude of the band is very loose in live setting. So it probably not conducive to that, but definitely he wrote um, some badass riffs, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, Some other dudes that, that are, to me, Rudy Schenker... Mm-hmm. Scorpions, he's got riffs all day. Um, dime, even though like it, he's like he's not one of my favorite guitar players, but he's got some sick ass riffs. Yeah, that he wrote for sure. And Dave Mustaine oh, has got sure. some crazy riffs, even though I don't know the names of most of the songs that, that <laughs> they're on, but for sure. And of course Hetfield, and for me Jeff Hanneman. Yeah. It, fucking wrote some crazy they took that whole uh black sabbath tritone thing to the next oh yeah level. no jeff hanneman was when he died i was like i'm not entirely certain how slayer is gonna right keep on yeah. at this point because he was their main writer right and it's like and they've done all right i haven't listened to any of like the albums post hanneman and they're retiring now so yeah yeah i gave i i give them all like a listen but you know i've to me like my favorite slayer album is raining blood and it's pretty much you know it's kind of like why would you listen to that when you can listen to this or you know what i mean yeah But, but i've never there's there's never been really a Slayer album that I'm like, oh, this sucks. I hate this. Yeah. You know, I, I like most of it. It's it's pretty good. I do think... Or, or yeah. better. 
I do, uh, I do think, um, with Slayer, my favorite Slayer album is actually probably, uh, Seasons of the Abyss. Okay. Um, I like that they went doomier with it and kind of channeled more Sabbath. Right. With that particular one. Because right. what they did, they basically saw how popular, uh, South of Heaven, the song was... And we're like, well, what if we kind of use that as a blueprint for, like, for an album? Mm-hmm. And they kind of took the formula that they did with South of Heaven and put an album. I mean, there's still the fast, insane shit on there, too. Right. But there's a lot more of the slower doom doom metal sounding stuff than in uh, previous albums at that point. Right. Right. So, do you got any Slayer on your list? I do, as All a right. matter of fact. Um I did want to get to my uh, my weird honorable mentions. Okay. We'll just blow through them real quick, and if you want, you can do like you did the other week and tag them at the end, so if people want to hang out and listen to more riffs, right. then you hang out and listen to more riffs. Yeah. But um, I just wanted to or let's talk about this today. Um, just like a little bit of love to Ted Nugent. Uh Totally. I, I fucking hate him as a human being. Right. But, dude, that guy plays sick as fuck. Oh, yeah. And Cat Scratch Fever is a classic riff. Right. Stranglehold fucking classic. Now, there goes one right there. Have you ever heard somebody who can't really play try to play Stranglehold? No, that sounds horrible. It sounds like something's dying. <laughs> because basically, the whole riff of Stranglehold is you have to bend two strings mm-hmm. the same pitch. So it stays in tune throughout the whole bend. That's really, really hard. Yeah. And then you and then you're bending it higher even. Hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's very, very few guys that can do that. And and when it's out of tune, oh god, it sounds horrible. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, man, for sure. Ted Ted can play his ass off for how however much you feel about him or not. Yeah. Yeah. That boy can play. gotta be people that like i don't i don't know i feel like his his fan base at this point is people that begrudgingly 
Pretty see much. him like I don't know a whole lot of people that are like really down with his extreme level of shit. Right. Well, maybe in the south, you never maybe. know. Maybe maybe I mean he comes and plays out here though. Yeah. And I know for a fact. I mean, I guess Lakeside fucking shows up. Right, like, right, right. Right. <laughs> I went and saw him and I was like, mm, I don't know, man. Yeah. This is a little wonky. Yeah. Um some well, other of my non metally shit um I'm going to throw out the one that I'm going to probably get, like, clowned on for. But, you know, the guitar riff for Spirit in the Sky is pretty legit. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, I know, that's kind of a out, out, out. Of yeah, that, that one's out there. But it's kind of, it's got a cool tone to it and everything. Right. Um, let's see, uh. The guitar riff for more than a more than a feeling from Boston. Oh, that's a badass riff. That's a great riff. Yeah. I mean, it's based very close to since you've been gone. Yeah. Um, Nirvana copied it for Spells Like Teen Spirit. Right. So it's a pretty influential riff. Yeah. Um, what else do I got here? Boston, uh, by the way, is one of the best sounding live bands I've ever seen. Oh no shit. Yeah, they sound they, their sound is just like the record on on the on stage. I, yeah. I have to give a little bit of love to Jimi Hendrix for with Voodoo Child. Okay. Because that's a badass one. Hell yeah. Uh, another off-the-wall one, the riff for uh, White Stripe Seven Nation Army. Okay. It's, uh, I know a good part of that is the bass that he put in there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, anytime a guitar riff, especially when it's in technically an alt-rock band, mm-hmm. becomes like a sports anthem. Mm-hmm. You know it's probably pretty legit. Like when you go to a fucking game now and you get people, oh, yeah, right. Like it's it's a sports thing now. So right. It's kind of that's pretty legit. And then um, the uh, guitar riff for uh, Dire Straits, "Money for Nothing," yeah, is pretty legit. And you know what? Fucking Mark Knopfler. Well, he doesn't get enough player. love as a guitarist, yeah. I think, sometimes. And he plays with his thumb and his finger. He, he doesn't use a pick or anything. He like that, he uses his own technique. Hmm. Nobody else does that, what he does. And yeah, it's a, um, it's, a, it's a really hard song to play. And probably one of the last uh, top ten hits to ever say faggot. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't know how many there were before that, <laughs> either. Oh, there was millions. No. Yeah, no, it was no. all the rage up until 1983. Yeah. No, it's... <laughs> I still remember hearing that on the the radio one time when they played the full version mm-hmm. when I was like a teenager. Mm-hmm. Because usually you get the edit where he doesn't say that right, shit. Right, right. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, that little faggot guy. Yeah. He's a millionaire. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, what the hell? I'm yeah. like, you can just say that in songs? What? And my dad was like, he's talking about Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, well, that I think it what at the time that song was written, I think it was probably like Adam Ant or some shit like that. Yeah, probably. One of them new wave Something dudes. like that, yeah. Because it was before hair metal got right. big. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. yeah, no, that was that was pretty shocking to me when I was <laughs> about 13 or so and heard yeah. that. And I'm like, wow, you, you just do whatever you want back in the day. Yeah, huh. that was pretty much.
pretty much. I didn't go any out there really very much. I did, uh, one of my honorable mentions is, like you said, um, songs that the crowd will chant back at you. Yeah. So in my shout outs there are Fear of the Dark. Oh, yeah. And um, Heaven and Hell. Oh. So those are, you know. Yeah, for sure. For, those are my. Uh, that was a hard one to not put on my list because I wanted to try to keep. I got five, basically I got five bands. Right. And I was trying to tr- pick what I consider my favorite riff out of all theirs. Right. And then maybe talk about a couple other ones. But with Sabbath, I I narrowed it down to two, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And Heaven and Hell was right on that cusp. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm I might as well jump into that because I was gonna try to do it like five, four, three, two, one, but fuck it. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we're talking Sabbath, I mean, Iomi, like you said, he's the ultimate riff master. Right. It is so hard yeah. to narrow it down, even to a handful. Yeah, I think. Like, well, I really think it wouldn't be fair if we didn't talk about him a little bit longer than everybody else. Well, I mean, <laughs> the challenge with Iomi, uh, other than like pick one is your favorite. That's a challenge right there. The other challenge is like. Name a whack riff. Right. <laughs> he's ever done. Right. Like, he's never done anything sucky. No. Um, even the albums that you don't really like, the riffs are fine. Oh, yeah. It's just everything yeah. else that's probably fucking I mean, lame. The Tony Martin era is chock full of riffs, uh-huh. you know? So, yeah, there's not... Yeah, for sure. For, for me with Sabbath, it was like... The obvious ones would be like Iron Man, Iron Man, Paranoid, Paranoid. Black Sabbath. Yeah, right. And then if you, and then for a little Sweet bit leave. deeper, people might, yeah, Sweet Leaf or Symptom of the Universe. Yeah, or Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Yeah, those are like you know. Yeah. So I went away from that, and in uh, this is well, we're not at actual picks yet, so I didn't go different from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna throw out my. My tied picks, okay? okay? The first one, it's a little tricky, so you, you get some fun editing. But it's the guitar riff when the pace changes um, in Megalomania. Oh, yeah. When it picks up speed. Yeah. Um, That's just, fuck. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that one's, fuck. Yeah, that one gets me every time. But my other, my more, I guess, main, I don't know if it's mainstream, mainstream pick for it, but um, I decided to go with the one that I think is the biggest earworm mm. that just gets stuck in my head, mm. where um, 
I won't even listen. I won't even be listening to Sabbath at any given time, and I'll start fucking whistling it, and that's the riff for a national acrobat. Okay, that's badass. <laughs> because that, it, that, that thing is in my head like yeah. every day. I'll just be walking around as. Yeah. Yeah. And drives my wife fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. But um, totally, it's just it's gets stuck in there. And our the thing that the first time I heard that actually, it was um, when Metallica put out Garage Inc. And you know the track listing of that that was all their cover album. Mm-hmm. It just says Sabacadabra, which in its in and of itself, sick riff. Right. Um, they decided because there's that kind of middle part of Savar Cadabra that gets kind of trip out because mm-hmm. that's what Savit does. Mm-hmm. They took that out and turned it turn it into a medley. So they stick a national acrobat in there right. for a couple verses of that, and then go back into Savar Cadabra. Right. At the time, I don't think I read the liner notes, so I just thought that's what the song did. Right. And then. Later, I think I looked at, like, I think I'd gotten Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and I realized those were two songs that they smashed together right. under one song, so. You know what? I actually did have one for my honorable mentions for Sabbath that's off the fucking way off. Because, like, first, you want to be a purist and be like original Sabbath. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, but maybe something from heaven and hell. I went further, 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 and I'm going to go with Computer God. Okay. Because that was, when I got that album, I was like, Oh man, I hope this is sick. I hope this is sick. I hope this is sick. And it kicks and off I heard it, sick. And I was like, oh yeah, this is sick. So yeah, that's my honorable mention for that one is for Iomi's Computer God. That it's a is bad a bad fucking riff. I love yeah. the song too. Oh yeah, no, that's. It's like I've said before. Um, the more I listen to that, the more it starts climbing up the ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, as for, I guess. It's right there with Heaven and Hell for me with the Dio ones. Mm -hmm. to throw out a couple more just for fun because uh fucking super not right volume four great riff wheels of confusion snow blind like all of honestly black sabbath volume four that might be my favorite sabbath record mm-hmm. like there's it's so hard to pick like 
Paranoid, it's got all the hits. The downside of that is it has all the hits. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to hear Paranoid everywhere. Um, but uh, another one of the uh, out there riffs is the uh, the outro riff from Under the Sun. Right. Is that That's another one that gets stuck in my head to the point where I remember I hadn't listened to it for a while. And I would get that stuck in my head. But I couldn't remember what it was from. Right. And it was driving me fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. And then I was on a road trip or something with my brother. And we put on volume four. And that came in. Right. And I'm like, ah! There it is. There it is. That, that's it. It's like under the sun, including right. every day comes and goes. Right. Which I'm guessing every day comes and goes must be the outro riff. actually thinking of a riff right now that I can't think of the name of of oh, Sabbath. Yeah. It's like <laughs> What is that? Ah oh, shit, now I'm blanking. See? Yeah. <laughs> but that's a badass riff too. There's just like so many. It's almost like not fair that some people are so riff deprived. Yeah. And you know he's I only like, got all of them. Yeah, there's no riff socialism. Oh going yeah. On. <laughs> I actually a side note, I got into it on like a message board about with some people about this shit because it's like people are talking about how uh uh what's his face that post Malone dude did that track with Ozzy. Oh yeah. And now all, all the kids are like, "Oh shit. This who's this Ozzy Osbourne dude? He's going to make him famous." So right. you know, all the old fucks are like, "What are you fucking He's been around yeah. since 69." Like Yeah. But um here we're talking about like well it's you know people don't know who Ozzy and Sabbath are I mean they're not that relevant anymore it's not like the Beatles and I was like I would argue that Black Sabbath are almost as influential as the fucking Beatles and they're like oh you're wrong I'm like well I mean you could be wrong about this but yeah every single metal band ever just about traces back to Black Sabbath right the Beatles were they're, yeah, there's they, a lot of people that were Stones guys. Yeah, the Beatles were big. I'm not gonna lie about that. And they were, you know, they influenced a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I, I feel including like, including Sabbath, of course. Yeah, I do think they influenced more on the recording end, and mm-hmm. like, oh, this just because they got real wild in the studio, right? But um, they were a product of their time. Mm-hmm. Not that Sabbath wasn't, mm-hmm. but you know, when psychedelia was in they start doing psychedelia mm-hmm. when that's kind of fading out 
and the more standard harder rock sound is coming around they start doing that Mm -hmm. you know so they're kind of moving with the tides but like an entire genre Mm -hmm. got launched by fucking sabbath (laughs) so it's kind of hard to like it's yeah that was just my little rant because i'm arguing with people on the internet again that i need to stop doing right i said uh i said ozzy's ozzy post malone is just a stinky looking dude with scribbles on his face yeah I haven't listened to the but song. I have. I, I because I just after I wrote that, somebody said, "Oh, the song's really, you know, it's not that bad or whatever." So I put it on. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I guess okay. fine. It's okay. You know, it's not as good as any of the Sabbath songs we just talked about. Yeah. Not at all. I so, mean, if I'm gonna talk about like Ozzy collaborating with like a rapper or something, when he fucking did a. Uh, did that shit with uh, Busta Rhymes mm-hmm. in the nineties yeah. where they sampled Iron Man and shit and Right. That was sick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Ice T sampled some Sabbath too. Yeah. Um if anything, it really just goes to show that I think Ozzy can collaborate with anyone. Yeah. You know, because he has. I mean, like they might say, you know what, oh, we want you to do a that track with Kermit the Frog. Fuck it. Let's do it. He'll probably <laughs> hit. You know, I don't know. That should be Because I, I never thought him and Lita Ford was going to be a thing, and it was. And, yeah. You know, just we, even it, with his daughter. Yeah. That was a they, hit single. When they, uh, and yeah. she's no one, you know. Yeah, they brought, yeah, they re-recorded Changes yeah. with her. So, yeah. Well, but, there's uh, a song, that, there's a Sabbath song that doesn't have a sick Iomi riff. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Even, but the piano riff's even kind of cool. Yeah. It's a good song. <laughs> yeah. I ain't going to hate on it. All right. Well, we, t- you know, there's our stealth Black Sabbath episode again. Right. Right. Um, well, just like uh, just like everything that's metal, we also come from Sabbath. So. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> why, why wouldn't we? So. You know? Yeah. We talked about Slayer earlier. I went and just. I was going to make this easy and limit myself to, like, one pick with Slayer. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the duh pick, but fucking Raining Blood is, like, the ultimate Slayer riff. Yeah, Raining Blood's on my list. If I was going to go with something else, I would go with South of Heaven. South of Heaven. Um, War Ensemble is pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, Dead Skin Mask. Yeah. Like, there's... I mean... Yeah. You know, if you want, if you really want to be like... If somebody says from some other band, hey, listen to this riff. It sounds fucking evil. Yeah. You'd be like, well, yeah, well, listen to this. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, Slayer riffs just... They sound more evil than anyone else's. Pretty much. You know, so. It's like I remember uh, hearing it described like that, like with Raining Blood, especially 
Uh, it's like, yeah, heavy metal always had like that imagery, mm-hmm. and it's like, ooh, the double music, mm-hmm. and then Raining Blood came out, and it sounded like this is like the actual music that plays in hell. Right, <laughs> you know? right, yeah. And I mean, that's what they did, because, you know, at the time when, when, uh, when they came out, was the time when, you know, the PMRC and all that shit and the the uh, Eagles Rock was the show that used to be on here. Mm-hmm. No, Eagles Nest it was called. And they would tell you about how your kids' music was evil. And, yeah. you know, and it was Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath and Judas Priest that they would pick on or you know, whatever. So Slayer saw that shit and was like, well, watch this. You want, you want that shit? We'll give you that shit, you know? Yeah. So they made it, like, real, you know? Actual devil shit <laughs> yeah no that's i like it and you know the nice thing about that too <laughs> the, nice yeah, nice thing, thing. the nice thing about slayer is they're such nice boys yeah no it's that it's got that imagery and it's got like oh here's that evil shit mm-hmm. but it's still you can still feel the the tongue-in-cheek right vibe to it like you know like when they did um angel of death mm-hmm. and everyone flip the fuck out mm-hmm. because it's about uh what's his face tonight? yeah mengele yeah mengele and people were saying like oh you wrote a song about joseph mengele mm-hmm. and you didn't you're not like explicitly saying he's evil and how right. terrible it is and they're just like we didn't think we needed to yeah it's like all we did was, was present what he did yeah and we figured you'd get that that's bad. Yeah. But they're like, oh, you're yeah. hyping it up. But I don't know. There's that. But it's like, you know, because it's all, it's all for fun right. at the end of the day. You know, you got, you know, Tom Arroyo is fucking Catholic. Right. Like, yeah. He was just like the rebellious Catholic school kid. Yeah, exactly. That's what like, we were. Yeah, because yeah. the devil shit sounds cool. Exactly. Oh, fucking Exactly. A. The first time my mom saw, like, lyrics to, like, um merciful fate like hanging around mm. yeah oh shit I, I think i had to go to youth group or something like um but uh it's it's got that like it's sick and it's got that cool scary it's like seeing a horror movie mm-hmm. where it's like ooh, it kind of that, that's the appeal of a lot of metal anyway it's right. like a horror movie where like ooh, that's spooky and it's right. fucking cool but it doesn't mean i want to actually stab a teenager today. right but then Black metal, I think, took that shit too far. Yeah. Where they took it all real serious and they start burning down ancient churches right. and they're fucking killing each other. And it's like, calm yeah. the fuck down, man. Yeah. Like, metal's supposed much. to be fun. Totally. Like, you guys don't seem like you have fun. Totally. <laughs> and you know, I'm in, in that sense, I'm glad that because when Slayer first came out, the tongue in cheek was a bit much because they had like costumes oh, and yeah. stuff and makeup and whatever so i'm glad they got away from that pretty fast yeah and and it made it just the perfect amount of tongue-in-cheek yeah not too much before you know? it was like oh this is like heavier kiss yeah exactly yeah. devil kiss yeah, yeah. so like, the, it's like oh you wanted knights and save saint and service well yeah, here you go here you go <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah speaking of devil shit the uh Number of the Beast. Oh, yeah. I love that on my honorable mention riff because, you know, I was looking at lists of riffs earlier, uh-huh. you know, and when they get to Iron Maiden, it's almost as if they don't know what to do. 
and they and they put like Run to the Hills or The Trooper because those are really famous songs. Yeah, well, but, they're also a little more straightforward. Yeah, riffy because that's I didn't actually put any Maiden on mine, not because I don't think Maiden is sick. Right, but when I think of Maiden. I don't often think of like a specific riff grabbing right. me. It's kind of the whole package. Exactly. Or if there's one thing I think of, it's it's the fucking bass. Exactly. I think it's Steve Harris. Exactly. You know, because he has such a unique bass sound mm-hmm. that, you know, like when I hear Hallowed Be Thy Name, you know, the the guitar lick is sick, you know, but I hear Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so for Maiden, it's kind of it's kind of hard to to pick one riff or mm-hmm. one part because i wouldn't even really call them riffs well yeah like, they're very it's so what especially because you got you know two guitarists intertwining yeah, yeah and, and doing weird yeah shit. the trooper it's very easy to say okay yeah. that's okay i got it right but like you said with number of the beasts that has you know that the the intro riff right is just a nice clean riff for it is a human its number is 666. I left alone. My mind was blank. I needed time to think to get the memories from my mind. What did I see? Can I believe that what I saw that night was real and not just fantasy just what I saw in my right <laughs> now with with uh with as far as the devil part with number of the beast lyrics I could explain how it wasn't devilish yeah until the end when he goes six 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 the one for you and me <laughs> that could really explain that one away i was like oh fuck yeah. that's like when you it's like uh that old uh chris rock bit i think it was where he's talking about um i think it's chris rock where he's saying like oh, listen move bitch get out the way yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to explain how that's not anti-woman it's yeah like, well, you see this bitch was standing in front of him <laughs> And, and he needed her to get out she of the way. Clearly needed her to move. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I think that's Chris. Right? It might have been an old Chappelle one too. But yeah, it could have been. Sometimes yeah. they intertwine in my head. I think I think it was Chris Rock. Yeah. yeah. All right. So go, yeah. So um, for more honorable mentions for me, I, you know, I recently began to give give Dave Mustaine his due much more than I used to. Oh, that's good. So, and he wrote a lot of great riffs. He's a great rhythm player. And I guess the one that I'm going to go with is Holy Wars. That's a sick one. I like that riff. That was close to making my list um, because I was trying to keep it down a little bit. But I was like right there. I actually was writing it down and then I kind of was like, duh, and like scratched it out kind of Mm -hmm. because uh, it was going to be like Holy Wars. Hangar 18, Tornado Souls, right. Polaris. Pretty much everything on fucking Rust in Peace mm-hmm. is a bad fucking yeah. riff. Like, yeah. there ain't anything that sucks He was on, on his that. game at that time. No, that's yeah. easily my favorite Megadeth record, man. Yeah. That's, there ain't, it's funny because 
my favorite band is Metallica. Right. The interesting thing about that is, um, I think if I like when pressed, if someone told me to pick my favorite thrash album, mm. it'd be Rust in Peace. Mm. But I, but maybe that's not my favorite band. So right. it's like one of these weird things where I can, I feel like that one album surpasses pretty much every individual thing that Metallica did. Mm-hmm. But I, for me, like the everything Metallica did surpasses everything that Megadeth right, did. Right, 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 right. And it just could be that's just because I got into Metallica first. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like how you said there was that you know. There is a, you got to pick one. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you pick a side. Yeah. Um, so I picked Metallica. Me too. Yeah. You know because Dave Mustaine was Dave Mustaine. Right. And uh, another part of that is the fact that um, while James Hetfield is not what I'd call the greatest vocalist of all time, um, Dave Mustaine is definitely not a great singer, and it's just like. He sings because someone had to. Right. And then it got too late to hire a singer. Yeah. And he makes know. a weird voice and he does yeah. corny sounds and yeah. stuff. You know, it's like for every time there's like something sick like Tornado of Souls, mm-hmm. there's also like, hello, me, it's me yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. You know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't like this. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. mentions is the the grandfather of all these thrash things which is for me ace of spades Okay. You know, that's fucking, you know, I had to pick a a, a a motorhead, and that's just the one that, like, I don't know. if, if so, It encapsulates motorhead for me, you know, like the attitude, yeah. everything, you know, and I the would, riff is badass. I would pick, um, as much as I like Ace of Spades, if I had to pick one motorhead song, uh, it'd be Overkill. Okay.
because I just think it's more a little more riffy. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like Motorhead's, it's one of those things where they're an amazing band, but it's another one where it's Lemmy's band. Mm-hmm. Lemmy plays bass. The bass is kind of the star of Motorhead, right? Um, not not to like I said, Fast Eddie Clark I think doesn't get enough love, right? Uh, if I had to pick a str- a more riffy sounding Motorhead song, um, Killed by Death. Oh, actually yeah. has a lot more straightforward guitar. Yeah. Like it's actually kind of got a cleaner guitar sound to it too than you usually get out of a Motorhead song. Yeah, I actually remember that video. It the was chick uh, showing up in a motorcycle. Yeah. Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a good video. No, <laughs> but I mean it was rough time. back then. It was rough back then. Yeah, that's the thing, man. You see them old music videos, and they're. There's a lot of not good videos, and they never, I think somewhat, you know what, if George Lucas can go back and make special edition versions of the original Star Wars movie, Mm -hmm. someone needs to make, like, special edition heavy metal videos, where they update all the effects and shit, like, have, like, a badass, like, smog-looking CGI dragon show up in, like, a Dio video. Oh, yeah, that would be rad. We, yeah. I need to petition some special effects guy to do that. Like, remake right. these videos and make them not stupid as fuck looking. <laughs> give, Dio yeah. a, give Dio a real looking sword. Yeah. <laughs> not a plastic fucker. Yeah. But, uh, okay. What else do Speaking I Speaking of Dio, Let's now I'm it. on my list proper. All right. Okay. But even though uh, Raining Blood you already, you already mentioned, so that was because that was on my actual list. So for Dio, I'm going to go with Holy Diver. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, because that's, uh, it's just signature. You know, yeah. it's it's right off the bat, you hear it, that's Dio. It's not like, is that Sabbath or Dio? Is that, you know, yeah, it's no. fucking... You just know it's Dio. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and so, yeah, and you know, Vivian Campbell is actually probably the only person that I always talk about as one of my favorite guitarists who's actually on this list. Yeah. You know? put a crazy train on as more of an honorable mention i i wrote all these down first yeah and then i went back and decided what would be on the what list would be the real be, one yeah. you know so um you know fucking i'd have to if we're if we're gonna go uh, randy rhodes riffs um i gotta go suicide solution right with that yeah that's badass <laughs> um, see that's one of those like where's three three notes you know yeah but um, but they're just the right ones. Wine is fine, but whiskey is Suicide is no You know, yeah, you and, don't need to have a whole lot. And there's so many that are like that. You know, the, some of the classic ones are like that. You know. Yeah. 
and it, and it's just um, they're classic for a reason. You're right. Those are the ones that stick in your damn head. Right. Like okay, you know what? Dragon Force is pretty sick, but they don't have a ton of like signature riffs that I go like, oh yeah. Like yeah. the draw is that they play like eight thousand riffs real fast. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That that shit's a trip. That shit's a trip, but. I don't know. I, maybe it's just uh, maybe I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> too old. To, yeah, I don't know. Slow that it is. down a little bit. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't like. I don't get it a hundred percent. I would definitely like. St- I mean, I've seen them. Yeah. And I just like stand there and watch them. Like, whoa. Yeah. And then when it's done, I'm just like, whoa, that was a trip. Yeah. Like, wow, that was interesting. Yeah. And that's pretty much pretty much it. And those dudes shred. <laughs> Yeah. For sure, you know, not to not to be a hater at all. Uh, Metallica on your list? Of course, Metallica. Right, on my list, right. right. I you... was gonna say Metallica for my for last for me. Oh, okay. But... Then we'll go to something else. I was gonna I was gonna jump in a little bit here uh, and throw out another duh mm-hmm. pick for me: Breaking the Law. Okay, <laughs> you right. know that's kind of when we're talking about priests before. That's like same thing. It's not an overly complicated riff, right? But it's it's just a, it's the and a few notes in the right order, mm-hmm. and it just sticks with you. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun riff, and and you know it's that's how I feel about that one. It's just a super fun song. It right. gets stuck in your head right. real easily. So right. it's, it's a duh pick for me. Yeah. See, for me, it's like one of those songs that I've heard like 50 million too many times. Yeah. And even though I love it and, you know, and the live versions are cool mm-hmm. and everything, it's just a little bit too burnt for me. So I've, for Priest, yeah. I went with uh, the Hellion Electric Eye. Yeah. Because I just think like that's so metal. So I so yeah that's I, I and uh, and the sound of it mm-hmm. fucking thick and rich yeah. and just ah uh, you know whereas whereas like you said um, breaking the law is a badass riff the production's really thin yeah you know and it's not like all balls out you I know? can see that I mean I, for me it's <coughs> I completely understand the overplayed factor of mm-hmm. it um, 
but it's also the type of thing that you if it's on if it pops on the radio you're probably yeah. gonna be like oh cool yeah because that's all they're gonna play a priest on the radio usually. right 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 but you go see priests you're breaking the law yeah breaking the it, law. that's like, true that's kind of, that's it's like how, true. like, Kiss and, like, Rock and Roll All Night for me. Yes. I don't sit and listen to that yes. shit. Yes, the but crowd I, perks up and, and yeah, yeah, you're but absolutely right. But I see right. Kiss and I'm like, yeah, yeah. fucking Rock and Roll All Hell Night, yeah. man. Like, I don't need to listen to it other than that. Hell yeah. But that's kind of like, yeah, the second, if I'm, if I'm at a show and the second I hear, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, and that's just you. Yeah. The whole, yeah. Of course, you know. Rob can't ever let the the riff speak for itself. He's right. always got to have weird intros. It's like we're gonna play Bring a song. Yeah. It has the, the words "the law" yeah. in the title. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Breaking the what? Yeah. Law. Yeah. Breaking the what? Yeah. Law. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Let's for go sure. break that law right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, and that's the last time he'll sing those words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, I mean, yeah, Priest has. That's they have too many riffs. Too yeah, bad. they have a lot, a lot. I mean, a lot the of Sentinel, riffs. fucking like you go back a little farther. Yeah. Hell Bent for Leather. Yeah, has a fucking killer riff. Yep. The the live version of Starbreaker. Um, yeah, and the thing about those is that all of those songs are written by Downing uh, Tipton Halford. Yeah. So you don't really know who the riff master is. Yeah. You know, it's it could be this dude's riff, it could be that dude's riff. Um, you know, um, until until proven otherwise, uh, my vote is Tipton. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think because uh, the riffs are still sick without KK Downing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's true. Um, that's true. And their their last one, we've talked that one up a bunch, but mm. that's got. Whew, yeah. It's fucking right there with some of their classic shit, dude. That's true. Um, so. Yeah. All right. For a Sabbath song that's actually on my list, and it's probably, I, I didn't see it on anybody's list, so I'm going to claim exclusivity on this okay. one. Okay. Is Falling Off the Edge of the World. Okay. Because, and I'm, I'm including both parts. Yeah. Because the intro riff to me is like a setup for the second riff. Oh yeah. Because you, it's clearly building to something. That whole fuck. That is a yeah. Yeah, and then when it and then when it gets there, it's it's fucking worth it what it was building yeah. to, and, that, and it's instantly recognizable, and and the way that it's played on the guitar, it's not something that you stumble upon. Yeah. You know, it's very uh, the first note is played with your pinky. So it's it's very not what you normally would do. The whole package of how that song builds too, man. Yeah. Just like you know the drums, just doom doom. Yeah. Doom doom. Like you yeah. know shit's about to fucking happen. Oh yeah, yeah. And you can't just play that on your guitar. Yeah. You have to tune down and yeah. figure it out because that those notes are not available to you. On your uh, on your Squire Strat that you just got from Guitar Center. <laughs>
that was one of my favorite ones when I got um, when I got introduced to the Dio shit when I bought the the Dio uh, years compilation. That was yeah. one that I kept going back to. Yeah. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Badass. Like that and that and Die Young were the yeah. two that I'm like, fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Um. We gotta have black more, man. Yep. We have to have more black. Yep. More. Um, as as uh, you know, what it's funny. As sick as Rainbow is, as much as I absolutely adore Rainbow, mm -hmm. the draw for Rainbow for me is the whole package. Mm -hmm. Kind of like some of the other other bands where there's some sick riffs in there. Right. Um. So like you know, Man on the Silver Mountain. <laughs> That's on my like honorable that. mention there. It's, you know, but it's all these, it's riffs that get elevated by Dio. And so I, I decided to kind of look at the Deep Purple shit um, a little bit closer because I feel like that's where he was the absolute star of the show mm -hmm. in some a lot of these songs. Um, that's why I think, I kind of think that's why he, one of the reasons why I picked the, you know, Ronnie Romero is he's not going to be outshined too much by him. Right. Even though he is, because he's lost like eight steps. Yeah. And he's just kind of strummy. And, but he's not Dio. He's, yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing, man. Richie's worked with some of the greatest rock vocalists of all time. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, like, you... It's like when you sit down and look at it, it's like, holy shit, man. He's fucking... He's made it work with Ian Gillen, David Coverdale, mm -hmm. fucking uh, Glenn Hughes to Glenn an Hughes extent. Hughes, yeah. uh, <laughs> Dio. Dio. Like, um, you know. Joe Lynn Turner. I mean, Joe Lynn Turner, as much as I'm not a huge fan of the Joe Lynn Turner era, mm -hmm. he's a great singer. Mm -hmm. and uh, great front man, yeah, great showman. Graham Bonnet. Graham like, Bonnet. Even, like, when he gets later on, Doogie's sick, but he's yeah, he, and he's he's not he's not a clearly a star on the rise, right? You know, like he's fit a role, and he sang all right. the songs great. Yeah. and then when he decided to go do Ren Fair shit, yeah, um, you're like okay, yeah, and then you didn't bring him back, right? Um, and you know most most people that you would talk to, if you told if you asked if you said Doogie White, they wouldn't know who the fuck he was. Yeah. You know, so it's one of those things that only, like, if you're really into Rainbow, then you know who Doogie White is. Yeah. You know, otherwise, I, yeah. It took me a while to even know who he was, right. because I didn't listen to the last album for a while, and then I happened to, I was looking up, I was trying to find a live version of Temple of the King. Mm-hmm. And then one comes up, I'm like, oh, this is sick. And I'm like, oh, this is, who the fuck is this? Yeah, because he sounded almost like Dio. Yeah, but I, was, I was like, that can't be Dio. Yeah, no. so I say it's Doogie White. Right, and then it's like, well, is there any live versions of that with fucking Dio? Yeah, and eh, it doesn't look like yeah. it. 
Uh, Dio sung it on his own solo. Right. But I can't find any live shit of Dio singing hmm, that's interesting. Uh, Temple of the King. I can't think of any either. But um, anyway, I digress. Yes. Um, I wanted to go into a couple of deep purple ones. It'd be a little bit too fucking no duh if I said Smoke on the Water or mm-hmm. Highway Star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, my third, I mean, this is also a duh pick for him, mm-hmm. but burn. to think i'm like well what else, what else another really sick fucking mm-hmm. one that maybe doesn't get as much love and the only the thing that immediately popped into my head is knocking at your back door mm-hmm. um i feel like that might actually be like the last great 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 yeah riff he's he wrote yeah Because Perfect Strangers is a pretty cool riff too. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're it's yeah. on the same fucking album. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those those are definitely where I would have gone for that for uh later Blackmore, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. You know that Jolyn Turner says that basically everything was in place for a reunion with him. Yeah. And everybody was on board and then Richie just said no. Yeah. And then that this is what happened. Yeah. So you might be right where uh where he didn't want like a a competing star, you know. I th- well yeah, he just wanted to go out and like the band is it's just his it's just his band for Blackmore's night. Mm-hmm. Alright. Let's start wrapping this shit up, I think. We've gone we're at fifty five minutes or so right now. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh let's have you knock out some of your shit there and yeah, I'm, that's pretty much that's, that's pretty, pretty much it for you. Yeah, all that's right. pretty much all I have. All right, well, okay. Well, since I was talking about how I wanted to end on Metallica, since Metallica is my all-time favorite band, right? It's pretty fucking hard to pick just one Metallica riff. I mean, right. there's all there's every you know there's a bunch of no duh ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enter Sandman. You know, Master of Puppets, Creeping Death. Uh, but uh, I decided I'm going to go with... This is also... Pro- uh, it's an obvious one. But um, when I think Metallica, and I think of just a signature guitar riff, mm-hmm. I think Seek and Destroy. Right. Right. <laughs> 
it's kind of like the, it, the, I mean there's a reason why they usually end their 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 shows with that one uh-huh. and you know sometimes they end with that or Sandman more often than not they end on Seek and Destroy right you know that's just like the classic 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 right Metallica riff and by picking that one it's almost a twofer because it's real fucking similar to Sucking My Love from Diamond Head. Uh-huh. So they definitely got influence there and yeah. kind of took a s- similar chord structure right. and made it their own. Right. So I get to give a little bit more love to Diamond Head, too. That's cool. So. My Metallica pick was Creeping Death. Mm. Yeah, I love that riff. And my honorable mentions for that one were Seek and Destroy and Master of Puppets. There we go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, for for some reason, Creeping Death is just like, it's uh, the contrast between the uh, the riff, which is like brutal, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, when James is singing about Creeping Death, he sounds happy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, that's a weird dichotomy that yeah. happens in that, and I and I just dig it, so that's yep. why I picked Creeping Death. It's kind of like uh, Children of the Grave. Yeah, Sabbath, yeah, where it is like that. Kind of upbeat, but yeah, he, he's, he does, yeah. I'm creeping down. Yeah. Like, he doesn't seem <laughs> sad about creeping Yeah, he doesn't seem death. sad about it. <laughs> um, no, it's, well, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's Christian music. Right. It's Bible songs. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is very much so. <laughs> but no, Creeping Death, honestly, it's fu- it's funny because, you know, I pick the riff for Seek and Destroy, but my favorite Metallica song is Creeping Death. Right. That's another one that I got introduced to via other means. Okay. Because some friends of mine were in a band in high school. Uh, their band name was Dissension. Yeah. Uh, my friend Aaron and this kid Cody and uh, another kid uh, Lance. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a singer, so they're instrumental. And uh, they put down a demo, and they're selling it for a couple bucks at school. Mm-hmm. And they did a, a cover of uh, Creeping Death mm-hmm. on it. And I hadn't listened to Ride the Lightning yet. I was still, I was just getting into metal. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't heard Creeping Death on its own. I had heard their version of it. Right, first. Okay. Yeah, which was interesting because um, they only had one guitar. Okay. So it's, I'm sure if I listened to it now, I'd be like, this sucks. Yeah. Because it's a bunch of teenagers playing Metallica. Right. With one guitarist. Right. But, um... It kind of made the end leads stand out, where it's like you know, you know, yeah, the you know the Kirk riff because he's playing that. Right. They don't have the James riff in there, so it's just the Kirk riff and the bass. Dum dum dum. Right. Dum dum dum. Yeah. With that, and it kind of it it had a cool sound of its own by doing that. That's cool. And but I remember going like, what the fuck is creeping death? Yeah. And then I got ride the lightning not long after that. I'm like, whoa, yeah. this is better with words and two guitars. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I mean, those albums like um, ride the lightning and even master of puppets 
we were like, you know, I can, I can remember sitting in a parking lot by Penn Field and, you know, just we had the, the doors open on the car and bumping fucking this shit, yeah. bumping Ride the Lightning and drinking beers and because we were, you know, too young to drink beers anywhere else. We yeah. had to like, you know, go to the park or whatever, yeah. you know, so we were like, it was a real, uh, it was like a camaraderie with Metallica that we didn't have with a lot of other bands because they dressed like us. Yeah. They weren't that much older than us. Yeah. You know, they drank like us. You know, they, they were, they, they uh, talked shit like us and cussed like, I mean, it was really like, yeah, a, dudes like us can really make it in a yeah. band. You know, it's not unheard of anymore yeah. you know and um so yeah we, we 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 really got into that shit at that time and and those riffs were a big reason why yeah you know uh yeah especially I, that one <laughs> it's funny i think i'd mentioned that i think i told the story before on a previous episode but the first time i actually listened to uh ride the lightning i remember uh Picked it up at Target, mm-hmm. I guess, and uh, you know my mom was like, "Let let me buy a tape." Mm-hmm. So I, I had to buy a cassette tape. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a CD player in the car or anything. I didn't have my own CD player yet. Right. Um, so I bought the cassette of uh, Ride the Lightning, and I popped that shit in. I was like, "Can I listen to it on the way home?" And my mom just been like, "Eh, fine." Mm-hmm. So I pop it in. And then acoustic guitarist. And I was like, yeah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and my brother's like, did you get the right thing? Yeah. And then just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. And I'm like, oh, God. So, yeah. I, you know, shout out to Fight Fire with Fire. Yeah. Because that's for a sure. brutal fucking riff. For too. <laughs> sure. I bought that tape at the Spring Valley Swap Meet. Yep. yep. It was a bootleg of the original Megaforce tape. There we go. So it's like even more hardcore than than having the original Megaforce <laughs> tape. Um, yeah. It says yeah. like Metallica spelled wrong on it and yeah, shit. Yeah, practically. So it has like one L. Yeah. No, there was a kid we, we clowned on him because he, he wrote a bunch of band names on his backpack, you know, because that's what you do. You yeah, that's what you backpack, do. You write it on your folder. Yeah. He spelled Metallica with one L. Yeah. So I was like, what's Metallica? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my man, my boy Bobby, rest in peace. He had Led Zeppelin tattooed on his arm, spelled wrong, with one P. Jesus, <laughs> you know. Anytime I see that, I'm like, you know, it's as a tattoo artist, you need to step up. And oh no, look. he was the tattoo artist. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, any responsible tattoo artist would have done that. Yeah. Oh man. It's like, man, grab your record or something first. Make sure. Man. Ah shit. All right. So it looks like that's it for the episode on riffs. I'll be going back and putting in the riffs later, so you can hear them. Yeah. So this and, hour is uh, gonna be like. This this episode is gonna be like two hours long now. You know it'll be long, but you know what? I kind of think that it's like people will probably be able to absorb us better when it's broken up. Yeah. By you know a couple cool riffs here and yeah. there, and you might you know 
Uh, if motherfuckers can listen to Joe Rogan for three hours, they can real. listen to an hour and a half of riffs. For real. About, yeah, <laughs> riffs that you like or you should like yeah. anyway. You better like them. You better like it. You're fucking listening to the wrong podcast so you don't like right. this shit. I don't know what you're doing. Right. But We don't ask for consent, Holmes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's how you want to end it? <laughs> All right. So, for the Hit the Light podcast, it's me, Big Frog. And me, Mike Castleberry. And we are out. Oh!